Hey, hi, how are you? How's it going out there? Welcome back to Interesting Stuff, the daily homeschool supplement. Well, it's almost daily. Um, I'm trying to pump out as many episodes as I can to uh, keep you entertained and interested. I hope you like what we've been doing so far. If you do, wherever you find this, uh, give us a like or a thumbs up or something like that. Anyway, on today's radar, we are talking about the plastic problem. So do you have something plastic around about you right now? Take a look around. Um, I'm sitting in a room and as I look around, it seems to me <laughs> there's plastic everywhere. Oh my God. We use it in almost everything from this keyboard in front of me to those CD cases over there to all the stuff that I've got stuffed under my desk here. Wow. So did you know that somewhere between Hawaii and California, yeah, get your maps out, is a vast inflatable coastline that sweeps through the sea. It is 600 meters long and three meters deep, and it rakes the ocean. It braves gales and storms and resists the corrosive effects of sea salt. It's called System 001, and it sends signals to satellites overhead and boats close by as it collects a haul quite unlike any other. What this is, is a net that is trawling the Great Pacific, and its job is to clean up the sea. This system was deployed on the 16th of October 2018, and its aim is to clear half of all of the rubbish from the Pacific. The system itself is solar-powered and quietly flows along with the currents in the water. It's got lights and GPS to warn sailors, and it moves so slowly that fish can avoid it. But the question is, why do we need it? Well, we have a plastic problem. What does that mean? Well, we're just using too much of it, and then we dispose of it, and then we don't know what to do with it. And it's just piling up around the planet. And how does it get out into the environment? Well, a number of ways. Constant consumption. The world produces 300 million tons of plastic each year, half of which we use just once before discarding. Through contaminated water, over 110,000 tons of microplastics wash over agricultural land in North America and Europe every single year. In our laundry, Acrylic clothes release over 700,000 plastic fibers per 6 kilograms of wash. Meanwhile, polyester releases nearly 500,000. Even through our rivers, which carry around 100,000 rubbish trucks worth of plastic waste out to sea each year. And finally, you might have noticed on the beaches, for every mile of UK beach, you can expect to find 5,000 pieces of discarded plastic waste. And that's interesting because near where 
I live here in the north of Scotland. There are some absolutely beautiful beaches, and one of those beaches you need to cross a bridge to get there. Now, the bridge collapsed, and so people can't get to the beach. And what all the surfers were saying is that it's amazing how little litter and waste there is on the beach since the bridge collapsed. Mm. So people, people, listen up. We need to be more careful with our litter and our plastics and our papers and our sweetie wrappers and all the little things we carry with us. And how did we get here, you might be asking. Well, around a 100 years ago, Leo Bakeland invented the first fully synthetic plastic. It was developed to insulate electrical wires at the tail end of the second industrial revolution, and this new material was unlike anything ever seen before. It was cheap to produce, resistant to heat, and highly moldable. It could be anything people wanted it to be, and its appearance kick-started a massive wave of chemical innovation. And so the problem is that these materials are cheap, clean, waterproof. They can be thick or thin, bendy or brittle, bright-colored or completely clear. We can wear these materials against our skin, wrap them around our food, or use them to construct anything from pens and tinsel to smartphones and spaceships. Plastics are strong enough to support buildings, light enough to fly, and slippery enough to stop eggs sticking to frying pans. But these wonder materials are so cheap that we don't think twice about throwing them away. And perhaps we should think twice. Do you think twice? I'm starting to. So what can we do? Well, the biggest plastic producing sector is packaging. These are bags, trays and films made from low density polythene. Milk and shampoo bottles are made from a high density polythene. Water bottles and cleaning fluid bottles are made from polythene terephthalate. I messed that one up, I think. How do you pronounce that? I don't know. The um, It's got three letters, P-E-T, so P-E-T for short, PET, right, the PET plastic, that'll do. Plates, cups, and cutlery are made from polystyrene. Insulated packaging is made from expanded polystyrene. Bottle caps, crisp packets, and ice cream tubs are made from polypropylene. <laughs> can't say that one either. <laughs> Stumbling over the words, never mind. Across the world, we use an estimated 10 million plastic bags every single minute. Oh my God, that's a lot. Wow. Wow. But it's really nice now to see people taking their own fabric material bags when they go shopping. And you see people carrying them around in their shopping trolleys, in their shopping carts. And, um, you know, we, we are making a difference step by step. Maybe it doesn't feel like you're making a difference, but when each person contributes, it does go somewhere. Now, since it was launched in 2017, more than 50 countries have signed up to the UN Environment Clean Seas Campaign. Single-use plastic is now firmly in the firing line and countries across the world are beginning to phase them out. One helpful option that we have is to replace plastics with traditional materials. So we could use glass, metal, paper, card, or jute, which is vegetable fiber. And yet while recyclable, these materials aren't always better for the environment. Making paper produces more pollution than making plastic. And it also consumes more energy and more water. 
and while glass production is more environmentally friendly, the containers themselves are heavy and bulky, racking up more pollution when products are eventually shipped out. And also costing more for companies as well. If you think about it, if you're a company and you want to ship something from point A to point B, you want to use as light containers as possible because you know you know what it's like when you go to the post office and you try to post something, the heavier it is, the more expensive it is, right? Now here in Europe, a goal set in December 2017 aims to see 55% of plastic packaging recycled by 2030. But there's only so much we can do in our own homes to recycle the goods we buy. So to help us achieve this goal, policy changes in governments and larger organizations could start to make companies more responsible for what happens to their products after they've been used. And that's an interesting conundrum, isn't it? You know, when, when, does, when does responsibility stop, right? Does it stop when you've produced the product and sold it? Or do you still have some ongoing responsibility after that point? You know, I guess that's why we see all these recycling points popping up now and companies saying, once you're finished with it, you know, take it back to us and we'll recycle it for you, which is really cool, in my opinion. And the volume of the problem that we're dealing with is absolutely immense. I mean, just how much plastic do we really produce? Well, here's an example. In 1950, there were 2 million metric tons produced, but by 2017, there were 8.3 billion metric tons of plastic waste produced. What's that? Well, that's about a, that's about a billion elephants, basically, which is, which is a lot. Right. I mean, it, it's really hard to comprehend and hold that number in your mind. But it's even projected that by 2050, there will be 34 billion metric tons of waste produced. Ah, oh, that, that's a huge number, isn't it? Oh, my God. We, we have to do something. And I think we have to we have to start now. So have you ever wondered why it is that plastic won't biodegrade? Maybe you haven't, but it's still interesting to know anyway. So here's how it goes. Microbes quickly get to work on organic waste like paper and vegetable peelings, but they can't get to grips with plastic. Natural polymers use chemical links called peptide bonds, while plastic polymers contain carbon-carbon bonds. These bonds are much stronger, and that is both a gift and a curse. And so how long do these plastics really take to break down? Well, here's a little example for you. A paper bag, that's one month. A cardboard box, two months. An orange peel, two years. A cigarette butt, 12 years. A plastic bag, 20 years. A plastic bottle, 450 years. And an aluminium can takes one million years to break apart. Wow. You know, I wonder if archaeologists of the future will be digging up these cans wondering, oh my God, what were they doing with these? Who knows? So there's a lot of stuff that we can all do to help. We can all chip in. You want some examples? Here we go. Carry a reusable cup and water bottle with you wherever you go. And did you know many coffee outlets offer a discount if you actually bring your own cup? Interesting to note. Say no to single-use cutlery. 
why not just pop a normal fork in your bag for lunch when you go off to work in the morning or to school or wherever you go? Why not try zero-waste shopping? Did you know that some zero-waste supermarkets also allow you to buy loose dried foods like oats, nuts, tea, spices and crisps? And there's a great zero-waste shop, which is just around the corner from where I live. Um, I, I like I like going there myself. I also like sending the kids there to, to get stuff because it, it, you know, it's... it's it's such a tactile environment where you can you can you can get up close to uh, all the different foodstuffs and other products. It's a great. It's it's great. You, if you haven't checked out zero waste shopping, definitely go down that road. We can swap liquids for bars and powders. So where possible, switch to dry versions packed in paper or card, like solid soap and laundry powder. And when you do need to buy liquids, look for concentrated versions and you can dilute them down at home. As always, why not invest in reusable bags and boxes? Hard, recyclable plastic boxes last much longer than disposable counterparts and can be easily stored at home in your fridge or your freezer. And finally, if you have kids or babies, why not switch to reusable nappies? These nappies basically have three parts, a waterproof wrap on the outside, an absorbent nappy in the middle, and a biodegradable or washable liner next to the skin. You can pre-rinse cold in the washing machine and then run a long warm wash to get them totally clean. And not only do they prevent nappies going to landfill, but they also work out cheaper in the long run. And so now you have no excuses. Look around and see what you can do to improve the quality of the world around about you. This is interesting stuff, and I hope that there was something of use for you in today's presentation. If you like it, please share it with people around about you. And if you've got an idea for a topic that you'd like me to cover, let me know, and I'll see what I can do for you. That's it for today, and wherever you are, whatever you're doing, have a good one. Speak to you soon. Take care.